hello, hello. I'm your host, Stephanie Martinez Rivera, and you are listening to the Joy Found Here podcast. I am obsessed with reminding my fellow mamas, queens, badass babes, ladies and girls that perfection is just a word, not a lifestyle. Multitasking is overrated. Comparison is a theft of happiness. And yes, you can put yourself first. Oh, and by the way, for optimum results, you should. I'm a New York girl from a small town, part-time badass, proud mama bear times three. I've seen 60 full turns of the sun. I've learned the importance of how kindness begins with you and your self-talk. Join us each week as we help you navigate both the messy and the magical season of this crazy ride called life. Real stories that remind us to reclaim your power. The sun does come out after the shitstorm. A good cry can be cleansing and... We really don't know who sits on top of the mountain of judgment. Sit back, plug in, fill up your cup. This is your time. Remember, you've always had the power. Welcome to Joy Found Here. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. So when I start to sing, you know, I'm excited and I'm very excited to speak today with Chelsea Angle. All right. So certified Enneagram coach. I know that she will. Thank you. Thank you. And I do it. I'm like so phonetic in my head because I don't want to mess it up, but please feel free to correct. So she is a coach. You may not have ever heard the word. I have. Maybe you've seen a couple of these. What is your personality trait? Where is your strength? Or why do you do the things you do? I'm overgeneralizing it because I've barely dipped my toe in the pool and I brought the expert on to learn more. So with that, I say, welcome, Chelsea. So, so happy you can join us today. Thank you. I'm ready for a joy-filled morning here of recording. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. So we always start with, tell us about you anywhere you want to start. I love it. Well, you're speaking with an Enneagram too. So for those of you who have heard of it, before. Uh, We're the helper and the supportive helper and we're talkative. So I really could start at the beginning, but (laughs) I will choose choose to start with the most recent part of my life, which is when I chose to transition into full-time Enneagram coaching. So yeah, I'm from Iowa and I came through this career by way of leaving education. So I was a teacher and instructional coach for 11 years and I struggled with infertility and I was just like in a huge stress situation mm. um, with the toxic work environment, with going through infertility struggles, having pregnancy loss, just one trauma after another. And that is not even mentioning all of the things I went through as a child. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, I kind of got to the point where I, I really came to a head and my husband and I decided after we had our daughter, I had kind of thought that was it. You know, I just need to have a kid and then everything's going to Magically be better, but it turns out it's actually a lot harder. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was just searching and searching for something that would help me learn about myself in a way that I could, because I'm a very self reflective person. So I found myself in therapy. And then through that, I ended up meeting a therapist who introduced me to the Enneagram. And I kind of feel like it's like life before the Enneagram and life after the Enneagram because everything Mm. happened for me after that. And I just became obsessed with it. And once I chose to leave education, I was actually recording a podcast with a friend. And that's when I decided to become an Enneagram coach. And the rest they say is history. So the last couple of years, I've just been individual sessions, workshops, keynote speaking, 
connecting as many people as possible with the powerful tool of the Enneagram is my passion. And this, my friends, is why I wanted to talk to Chelsea. Okay, <laughs> where, where, where do we even begin? Well, just a few things first. There's a common thread and a common message that I hope to share with everyone and with my wide variety of guests uh, through our three seasons. It's never too late to change. And a lot of people, when you hear, oh, education, wow, she was a teacher, like those are kind of set it and forget it. And I don't want to minimize how hard the job is because it is. And it's gotten in today's world beyond ridiculous. But people, I don't know if they even look at you a little side eye, like, wait, you're <laughs> this much closer to the safety. Mm -hmm. that much, like you're going to do that, like, oh, hang in there. And mm -hmm. I, I'm happy that you stayed the course. You probably looked in your daughter's eyes to be like, I don't care what they say. This is what is good for us. And what is sir. And because again, pros, cons, pros, cons, yeah, but obviously yeah. it was still more than enough because you weren't defined by it. Well, that's the thing is, is that that's what I learned through the therapy. It's like, what I will say about leaving teaching was it was the easiest, hardest decision I ever made. Mm -hmm. And looking back on it now, the only thing I wish is that I would have done it sooner. I couldn't have, but I wish right. I would have done it sooner. Right. And if I keep rewinding back, like now that I know myself as well as I do, I never gave myself any other options ever since I was a fifth grader, I'm going to go to this school and this school, and I'm going to be a teacher. And I want to teach second grade. And then I'm going to have a husband. And I'm going to get a kid. Like I planned my life out as a fifth grader. And then I never questioned it. Like I just went with that. <laughs> and then like, I found myself there. I'm like, okay, so I'm a teacher. I have a husband, I have a kid. Like, why am Ooh, I not yeah. completely fulfilled in life? Because it turns out that if you're not taking care of yourself and you're not focused on yourself and you're only focused on other people, which is what us Enneagram twos do, you completely lose yourself. And I was just completely sick with stress and literally sick. Another thing about Enneagram twos is we somatize our feelings and we're heart centered. So there's three centers of intelligence, the head, the heart, and the body center. We somatize our feelings. So we get sick with stress and mm. everyone does, but to the degree where we break down because we don't feel like we can let others take care of us unless we are like all the way sick. Correct. <laughs> so trying to just keep going. And that's exactly where I found myself. I couldn't, once I learned my Enneagram type, I couldn't deny any longer the places and spaces where there needed to be boundaries in my life in order to take that leap. And as terrifying as it was to leave the career in which I had gotten my master's degree, built up my mm -hmm. retirement, mm -hmm. built up my, mm -hmm. I have the safety net, all the things. I will say that I didn't just take the leap into the deep end with right. nothing there. My husband had built his own side company that mm -hmm. was replacing it. So I have to give a huge shout out to my supportive husband who is a peace, peaceful mediator. He let me leave first and has mm -hmm. been supporting me in these couple of years because as a new business owner, it's definitely not like I created a income immediately that replaces mm -hmm. the teaching income. So all of that to say, there was a couple of huge change agents in my decision but it was, I can continue sitting here in this okay job where I'm okay. But really, if I ask myself, am I? <laughs> like, am yeah. I okay? <laughs> like, you know, it's like, what am I waiting for? What is it going to be that's going to happen that I'm going to say I need to get out of here? 
I needed to stop doing that and just realize like the biggest difference for a healthy two, this is just for twos, but a healthy mm-hmm. two and an average two, because Enneagram has levels of development. The healthy two has a good pulse on their mental, physical, and emotional energy, and they do not exceed it. And so that was impossible with the job I was working. So I was working my best to create a life where it was possible for me to keep those boundaries. And I'm happy to say that most of the time I have, but obviously there's days and spaces where it's not (laughs) a possible thing. Not every day is a gold star day, number one. You know, there are days where silver and bronze, that's why you have the category. So we're saying these numbers. So give me a general, what is the enneagram because these numbers mean something yeah so how do you start explaining yeah so the enneagram is much more than just a personality test many people think of it as that because that's how a lot of people choose to enter the system however it's not even the best way to enter it actually because many times tests are only about 60 percent accurate so i do try to put that out there to help people know that but the enneagram is a self-discovery tool that says there are nine different core motivations that form the lens through which we view the world. And so those nine types represent those nine different core motivations. And how you figure out your type is figuring out which of those core motivations are driving your behaviors and attitudes. And that's a confusing process because a lot of that could be subconscious. It's kind of Mm -hmm. veiled like, well, I mean, I want all of those things. Like, which one is it kind of a thing? So that's why I I have a really good job because I can help people discover themselves through the lens of this very helpful tool. Once you figure out your type, there's a whole journey you can take with that. You can figure out your core fears and core desires so that you can get back into the driver's seat of your life rather than letting those drive you because what you're doing or not doing is probably based upon those things your weaknesses, Mm -hmm. which are kind of those blind spots or parts of your life that are tripping you up and causing a lot of issues. That's what caused me some issues yesterday with a fight with my husband, Mm -hmm. for example. And I was able to figure that out. Um, Your core emotional struggles that are really like holding you back that are, you're kind of taking and filtering any interactions through your weaknesses, your fears, your core emotional struggles. And then that's what is actually creating interpersonal conflict. I think a really powerful tool from the Enneagram that a lot of people learn about quickly is called the arrows. We have the arrows of stress and the arrow of security. So within the Enneagram, we're trying to work towards developing ourselves into our true essence. So which means we actually do not live life defined by our fears and desires any longer Ah. and ourselves from them. So we're not like, oh, I know what my motivations are. Let me build my whole life around that. It's actually, that's your ego talking. That's your personality structure talking. So we need to learn how that's driving you and you're telling yourself a certain story when really what is the authentic, most authentic version of you going to look like releasing yourself from that. And so the arrows of stress and security help kind of guide you on that a little bit. When you're in stress, it's telling you how you're disintegrating, how you're moving down the levels of development. And, you know, when you're stressed out, you just naturally kind of take on these traits of another type that are some of the unhealthy or low average traits For each type, it's different, obviously, but it's very Mm -hmm. spot on and kind of scary how that works, but gives you the red flags behavior for how you should back up and not keep going down that spiral. And then the arrow of integration or growth shows you the type that's actually completely opposite to your type structure. But if you start to take on some of their healthy attributes, you'll find yourself in the healthier levels of your type because it's kind of proof that if you do the opposite of what you've been doing, you're probably going to find yourself in a healthier, more balanced space which is what I help clients do is to figure out what they need to learn how to release and to live more present and connected. 
that was a lot. But yeah. here's what I heard. First of all, in general, knowledge is power. Let's start there. And it is also, I want to say, upon successful study, because this isn't a take a test, assign your number. Now, again, be careful of that labeling. Now you're, you know, you said you were a two. Hey, mm-hmm. I'm a five, whatever. Yeah. I don't know what any of them specifically mean sure. that. So you're not going to get stuck in the late. You're identifying just to start using it as a general. Okay, so the results show that you were a two. And here's typically how twos react in all these different types of Here things. Is so the it's core motivators behind your behaviors and attitudes. And right. so that tells you why you're doing what you're doing. And you can start bringing awareness and developing your inner witness to figure out like how that type structure is affecting your life and how you're actually working from that. So what I would say is, no, it doesn't identify you are this type, right? You're already in a box. So you are living in a box right now. (laughs) You've been in. Okay. I'm going to show you the box you're already in so that you can pop out of the box. Yes. That was a really annoying box I was in. And I sometimes want to crawl back inside because knowing that I was in that box is also very humiliating sometimes because I could have been outside of it and I was stuck in it for so long. So like you're already in a box, Stephanie, the Enneagram helps you to learn what that box looks like so right. that you can have clarity and decide if you want to keep some stuff in the box or if you're ready to kind of throw some stuff out. So I'm hearing release, release. everybody likes a little freedom. Yes. And it's freedom to not buy the bullshit, meaning who cares what they always said about me or even the story I've been, as you said earlier, the story I've been telling myself, oh, you know, the opportunity for something different based on, I'll say the science behind the actual answering of the questions and, and how the numbers The neuroscience of it is providing yourself with this clarity of the difference between your personality, which is like your ego, and then your Mm -hmm. true essence, like Mm. who you truly are when you're not trying to be some kind of way to get your needs met and your needs being those core desires. And the belief system that you can build is that that's all a farce, basically. Like the belief for me that I'm not worthy of love unless I'm doing something for other people my core fear is that I'm not worthy of love. So that's the hardest thing for me to release from and be free from. I keep thinking I need to do more. I need to be more. I need to offer Mm. more in order for you to love or like me or see me as kind, loving, and generous. And that's a beautiful thing when it's balanced because I'm aware of it and I don't use it to a degree that bothers other people. (laughs) And then I feel rejected, which is my core fear or that I am wasting away personally because I have lost all of the space I have for myself. And so that is the kind of the lie I tell myself is that I'm not worthy. And so then I have an affirmation for myself, which is my core longing that helps set me free from all these fears. Like when I start feeling afraid or feeling shame or worried that someone's going to reject me, I can internally shift that thinking specifically around that, which is the one thing that is keeping me stuck right? I'm staying Mm. in the teaching field because I'm important here. People need me here. Mm -hmm. I am Mm -hmm. able to meet all of these needs and doing things for others is how I think I'm going to receive the love, attention, affirmation I want. That is not true. I can keep giving all day long and I'm going to get the same things back because I'm lovable 
and amazing. I'm a lovable person regardless of what I'm doing for others, right? Because I'm always going to be a loving, kind, generous person regardless of that. So it just kind of gives you this, like the neuroscience is going the aha moment of what if I didn't do the thing I always do? What if instead I chose myself? Mm. What would that look like? So you switch from reaction to curiosity and that switch from reaction to curiosity is where the growth happens because then you also open your eyes and go, holy crap. So if this is happening with my brain, everyone else has that happening. They're reacting to their fears and desires. I don't need to take this as personally. I don't need to, for me, which is what I would do, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, I can be curious about their reactions rather than reactive to them. Just like I can be curious about my own. So the system opens up your mind and helps you to start mm-hmm. thinking about the world in a way instead of just re- reacting immediately from those fears, from those motivators, from those drivers that are like trying to get these needs met to be love for me. The other needs are a, a type one wants mm-hmm. to be right and good. So they mm. work towards only being right and good and having integrity and doing the right thing. And they, and they fear being bad, evil, or corrupt. They're called the moral perfectionists. The three wants to be successful and a role model, and they want others to see them as that. So they work really hard on that outward, you know, mm-hmm. for people to see them as successful and their work is very important to them. The other thing I'll quickly say is with the Enneagram, there's nothing that sounds bad about any of these desires. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're never going to go, I don't want that. I don't want to be but, a seven. I can't believe I'm a seven. Right. It's yeah. more, again, it's just knowledge. Of- it's just knowing what is driving you. And usually the mm-hmm. one that you're kind of like, oh, not that one. That's probably your type, to be honest. <laughs> it's <laughs> dang it. It's- <laughs> and that's the other reason why tests don't work because we self-report who we wish we were or who we think we're presenting rather than what actually we are and some of those blind spots and things like we have to be able to shine a light on. And that takes a lot of courage (laughs) to like, I was going to say, right. So the overall questionnaire, Mm -hmm. is it across the board, always like in the same format, these same questions, how, how does one delve in and be like, okay, you got me. I'm very curious. What's my next step? Yeah, absolutely. So I have a typing course that you can go through. I'm getting it going. I do have like a version of it out right now that's mm-hmm. free, but I plan to kind of like mm-hmm. shift it pretty soon here. So yeah, um, get on there soon if you want to. Yeah, I was going to say, we'll, we'll rush um, this episode out. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, no, that's okay. Like I will also have a free version that's just not going to be quite as intense as the mm-hmm. free version I currently have because I'm going to add a mm-hmm. little bit to it and make it be paid version because- I actually coach you through and help you understand these different pieces. So there's videos that help whatever. So I wanted to make my typing journey for clients a little bit more intense because it is more intense. It's not a simple thing. Most things go over and they say something like, I don't like conflict. Well, let me ask you, Stephanie, do you like conflict? Not a fan. Yeah. Neither do a lot of the types. why, (laughs) Why don't you like conflict? So what is it about conflict that you're not a big fan of? I probably find it first exhausting. That's okay. Interesting question. I usually come from a, is this going to like drain some of my energy? And I am not the person who needs to be right. I'll tell you if I thought I was right and then I'm wrong. Oh my goodness. You know what? I was Mm -hmm. wrong. And I, and there's a joke. Uh, I'm first and foremost, never need to always be right. But 
if it's something that I'm like, I'll dig my feet in the sand for, let's go fight on. But if it's just like a total bullshit, whatever, like my energy is better spent somewhere else than this. It's not, if it's not my priority, right. Mm -hmm. There's a better way. And you know, that maybe doesn't have to be conflicty. I'll make up words on Monday. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, please do. So just listening to that, like I can yeah. already tell you what Enneagram type I think you are. That's what Talk I can to tell me. You. Okay. Yeah. Tell me. So the why behind things is what tells you the motivators. Now, other people who've heard the Enneagram, whatever, they might be like, I don't know how she's doing this because I literally stare at the motivators every day. And I talk to people. I've typed hundreds of people. So I can't know for sure from that one question, Mm -hmm. but if you would have chosen that on a test, it's going to tell you that would score as a type nine. Why? Because type nines are the peaceful mediator and they have a direct fear. It's as a fear of conflict, Mm -hmm. but the reason they have that fear of conflict, this isn't your type, by the way, the reason Mm -hmm. they have this fear of conflict is because they want their motivators are to be at ease and comfortable. They want to have inner peace and serenity and just keep things kind of mm-hmm. not too much neutral. change, mm-hmm. neutral. Also, they have a fear of separation. So mm-hmm. they're afraid that if they get in this conflict, then we're not going to be connected anymore. We're not going to be friends. You're not going to like me. Oh, um, okay. It's not worth it. It's going to put a mm-hmm. wedge between us. It's not worth it kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And then just in general, when they get into conflict, they disassociate and kind of shut down because they like things to be at ease and peaceful. And when there's conflict, mm-hmm. that's oppositional to that, right? So that's why in a test, when you choose, I don't like conflict, it'll say you're a nine. Well, you're not a nine, <laughs> but that's all it says in there. It doesn't say why. Right. So right. Like, okay. I try to make a way that you could understand like, but why kind of a thing and tell me a little bit more about that. So my guess, mm-hmm. I can't know for sure, but my guess would either be, you could be a two or a seven, which is also in the positive outlook triad with the nine. My first thought, when you said something about the name of your podcast, that you could be a seven, because sevens are this joyful, exuberant type that is basically focused on having satisfaction and fulfillment and mm-hmm. finding the joy in everything they can, find the bright side of everything that they can. And they are in a sort mm-hmm. of aggressive type, but because they kind of want to come across as this like fun person, they're not going to assertively aggressively pursue things in the way that other types might that are in that same triad where they kind of rationalize and make it be like, it would be fun. You would love it. Why don't you just bring this out? Like, it's like, you know, like just get on, right, like, right, get on right. the track with me, like whatever. But that is kind of the type I would maybe think you are just based on what you mm-hmm. said. You're like, I don't have time for that negative energy. I don't want to go there. I want to keep things mm-hmm. positive. I want to keep things going forward, which I'm sure has caused you some issues in the past as well, because allegedly ignore. Mm-hmm. If you have like, a problem, it doesn't like go away. It's weird. It doesn't go away. I for, again <laughs> proven. Next, <laughs> next. It's, st- next. it's still there. God damn it, it's still there. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. if I don't get into the conflict, like I hope it will. But no, I actually specialize in two sevens and nines, the positive outlook triad, because we think we're doing something really great by just trying to bright side something or just trying to mm-hmm. stay positive, but really we're shine it a little. Up, yeah, but we're yeah. covering up the real issue. And if we would actually. Um, you know, address it in a productive way, we would get our needs met and therefore we wouldn't find ourselves angry because anger is an unmet need. <laughs> so you're like, I'm just going to toddle along, pretend like nothing's bothering me until it really does. 
and then to another person. Oh, oh yeah. Anger is, and just say that uh, one more, because I'm just, um, I'm just marinating on it. Anger is an unmet need. Need. So what's the need behind your anger that you're not getting met? Instead of just saying, yeah. I feel angry because usually it has to do with your core motivator. And that's what I teach people in their typing sessions is how to utilize this information now. So let's say that you are a seven, you know, we don't Mm -hmm. know for sure because I literally asked you one question, but if you are a seven, you could say something like, I'm feeling angry because I want to maintain my freedom and happiness. And I'm feeling kind of boxed in here. And oh, here it is again. I know I feel this way every time I'm feeling boxed in. So what do I need? I need to look at the ways I'm not boxed in. How is this the story I'm telling myself? What Mm. freedom do I have? You know, so it gives you that chance to sort of, instead of start blaming or continue down that path, you can go like, oh, I remember why I'm doing this again. Here we are. This is familiar to me. And I can choose a productive, healthy way to process this anger, or I can go the reactive way, which is where I probably would usually go. True, true Stephanie form, like the locked and loaded, let's go. And <laughs> anyone that's gotten in my way when I'm in that mode, I have since apologized probably. Okay, now I'm definitely going to do this test because that sounds very spot on. So the, the core behavior. motivators for a seven, I just only named one of them to have mm-hmm, to maintain mm-hmm. their freedom and happiness which is why, again, that kind of joy-filled part comes up. I'm, I'm just bringing up my form here just to mm-hmm. let people know. Like, I'm, I do have it somewhat memorized, but let's be honest, there's nine types and sometimes, you know, I can forget something. You think? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so to this is another motivator. To avoid missing out on worthwhile experiences. Oh, a little FOMO. Uh-huh. To keep mm-hmm. themselves excited and occupied. Very much so. To avoid and discharge pain. Top of the list. So hi, Stephanie, you weren't anywhere. <laughs> oh, hi. Hi, number. And you were too. Oh, hi, too. I'm a seven. Hello. You, oh, hello there. The enthusiastic optimist. And if you ask mm-hmm. a lot of people just stereotypically based, which Enneagram type would you want to be? Mm-hmm. They will say, I don't want to be a seven. They're always so enthusiastic and they're so happy and they're so bright. Da, 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 da. But mm-hmm. guess what, everybody? Everybody has a struggle that yeah. they're under. And that is the hard part about the Enneagram is you you maybe might think you wish you were another type, but everyone has the hamster wheel from hell that they're stuck on between their fears and desires that keep them feeling stuck. And for the seven, they can imagine with their beautiful imaginations where their head is mil- a million miles per hour stimulated by everything. They can imagine this beautiful world where everything is limitless and anything amazing can happen. And they're dreaming and planning and thinking about all these things out here. But then when it comes time for that thing to happen, it never quite satisfies them. And they Mm. feel frustrated by that. Mm. Very interesting. And it's funny because I do say often, I keep my bar of expectation on the floor. This way I can't be disappointed and I can only go up from there. Because I know a lot of people who are so... The level of disappointment from, well, I really expected this to, you know, I'm like, ooh, first problem, keep that bar low. Just so it's this not, way you-, you don't feel like you have this planning expectation where you're like, I think this is going to be fun. I think this is going to be great. I think oh, we're going to have a good time. I oh, do. Okay. I, I, de- no, no. Okay. The, I have it all planned out in Stephanie world up here. Oh, okay. abs- I can tell you exactly. Okay. 
just a scene from the, I can tell you it's a 90 minute length feature film, the playing <laughs> of how it will look and how it will play out. And it is interesting how far ahead I go. Oh, that's good. Because as an assertive aggressive type, you are, again, I want to say that just means you assertively aggressively pursue the things that you believe mm-hmm. in your core desires. It doesn't mean you're mm-hmm. like a mean, aggressive person. Correct. Um, people sometimes hear that word aggressive and they're like, whoa. And I'm like, no, it just means they're going after things. They're moving against things to get their needs met. And mm-hmm. that is okay. That's one of the stances. And so for the sevens, it's like, they are repressed in their heart center and they're forward thinking because of that assertive aggressiveness, they're moving to the next thing. So they don't have time to sit there, sift through these negative feelings. And in fact, they would really like to stay away from negative feelings. But just like we were saying before with conflict, that doesn't mean there aren't negative feelings there. And so when you're ignoring that, you're ignoring part of yourself, those, that feelings at heart center. And that's where you end up getting that kind of jittery feeling like sevens usually are just like, okay, there's an itch. I need to scratch it. Where is it? And then mm-hmm, their weakness, mm-hmm. their core weakness, which is gluttony and not in the way that you're going to just eat things, but consume, consume TV, consume shows you want to watch, consume buying things, consume. Yes. Maybe alcohol consume, whatever you think is going to stimulate you so yeah. that you get away from that negative feeling. And that is that weakness that can kind of double down on those fears and desires and cause wriggle havoc. It is extremely scary how on point it is when you find your type. And, you know, the original question was a good way to find your type is to just get onto a site. Like I, I, of course, I'm going to promote my own, mm-hmm. but of I also course, that's why we're here. The Enneagram Institute is a very well-established place where I get a lot of my information. So like those core motivations are all there. It just basically read through the nine types. It's not a quick thing. So if you're looking for something that's going to really just be a quick get it and done kind of a thing. The Enneagram is not where you want to start your personal growth journey. But what I'll also say is good luck having a personal growth journey. If you're not willing to put in the time, effort, and energy it takes to get to know yourself. And I haven't found a better tool. I know I sound facetious there and kind of meaningfully because it's like personal growth is not something that just happens. It takes a lot of intentional effort. And Mm -hmm. if you want, if you're like, where do I start? Start by learning what your core motivators are and how they're driving you. Oh, why was I drinking? Well, why was I doing this? Well, why don't I like conflict? Why do I keep having issues with this person? Mm-hmm. Why don't I like my job? Why is my relationship failing? Or why is it going really well? <laughs> like, you know, any of those things. The answer to why you're doing what you're doing lies within your fears, desires, and motivators. And what a powerful tool to have to start looking at, hmm, okay, what am I doing here? And be curious. So reading through the nine types and mm-hmm. really looking at them and going like, yeah, that one. And when you find one that sort of is speaking to you, then go on to other, like if you're an Instagram user, there's tons of Instagram sites that you can kind of like read the basics on, listen to podcasts. There's awesome podcasts about like people who are that type speaking from their experience. They're called panels. Mm-hmm. And you just listen to panels all about other people talk, like, oh, I think I might be a seven. So for you, you'd go listen to type sevens and be like, whoa, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah that's really ringing home. That's really ringing home. And just take it day by day. There's hundreds of books. There's tons of free stuff. And if you're the kind of person who's like, listen, I don't have time to sift through all of that. That's again, why I have a job because Mm -hmm. I've sifted and created, you know, a program, a sessions that help you to like zero in and start your process so that you're not lost in the interwebs of all the things to do. But some people would rather do it themselves and that is okay. 
I did it myself for several years. I mean, I had my therapist, but he was helping me guide me through the Enneagram as well. So yeah. So it is something that you can start out. Again, the resources are there and don't discount yours because we're going to send every and drive traffic there, of course. Uh, So I think one of my questions is, so you answer some questions and then as far as getting results, Mm -hmm. and then uh, let's just say, are they all... Are the questions, I guess, do I want to say subjective? Like it depends on uh, what kind of a mood was I in that day that I answered those questions. And and one day will I be a three and the next day I'm a six? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, super common question there. So you only have one core type, right? But like I talked about earlier with the, you go to one in stress, you go Mm -hmm, to one in growth. mm -hmm. Well, let's say you're, you're in a really stressful time in your life. Like this is why I like to do typing sessions with people because I understand this system and I can ask them a Like I ask a question at the beginning and I listen to the person. I Mm. listen, they talk about themselves. They talk about, Mm -hmm. and then I say, well, what about that? And I just kind of keep picking Mm -hmm. it apart. And so like, I always say to people, you're the expert on you and I know the Enneagram. So you're going to talk about yourself and I'm going to say, okay, does this resonate or does this resonate? Well, that one a little bit more. Okay. So I take the system to you (laughs) and help you. So kind of like, I listen to you about the conflict thing and I'm like, okay, something like a seven. I can kind of like beautiful mind it and go. Correct. Yeah. Speaking patterns, conflict. So they're like, oh, I've been through this immense amount of stress and this awful thing is happening and whatever. I'm like, okay, well, they're coming from their, their stress response right now. Mm -hmm. So then Mm -hmm. I can say, well, when you're in a better place, are you more likely aligned with this? And they're like, yes, you know, okay, well, this is why you're feeling so terrible because you're in a stress response right now. Oh, that's what that is. You know? And so like, if you just take a test, it's going to, and that's what people say, well, it depends when I'm at work, I'm this way, when I'm at home, I'm this way. But the why behind those behaviors yeah. and actions are always the same. A test is not going to be able to explain that to you, but that's why, like I had someone come to me do a typing session and she says, Chelsea, I've gotten more done with you in one hour than I have in five years of listening to podcasts, reading books and reading blogs. That's so, what like, I'm saying. Worth it. <laughs> that's like, that's what you. I'm saying that you can take the information in and it's going to go through your filter. And again, depending upon some, I know me some days I'll be like, mm, that's bullshit. I don't think that's true. 100%. They might be wrong. And I always have to remind myself, I'm like, um, so I'm going to give them the expert title here. I'm here trying to learn. Mm -hmm. So why do I think I know it better? Mm -hmm. Like my level of trust is always such a concern for me because I I like argue with the GPS lady, you know, I'll be like, I think I I I know better. And after a while, I'm like, Stephanie, just, you know, come on, you're asking for a little assistance. Why don't we have a little trust, a little belief? Let's see where it takes us. I'll be like, no. That's not the way to go. I think that each type has a different reason why they might do that. So Mm -hmm. I don't want to overstep, Mm -hmm. but this Mm -hmm. is the other thing that people love about working with me. I'm like, would you like to hear through your Enneagram type why you might be doing that? And then I can explain it. And they're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. If you'd like to hear. Of course. My Enneagram brain. I would love to hear why I do that. So like type sevens, which again, we can't be 1000% sure Mm -hmm. yet from a little bit, but we're kind of, you're kind of vibing with it. We haven't explored many other types. That's the other Mm -hmm. thing I do in a session is let's kind of just touch on this one too, just to make sure, because we might find out some other things about you and see what you connect with there. But for the seven, it's like, again, we talked about they're a sort of aggressive, but we haven't talked about they're a head type. So that means that they process the world through analytical thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything's up here 
analyzing, rationalizing. That's where their defense mechanism lies too, is let me think through all of this, the planning we talked about earlier. So what they do is they think and they do, they get into action. They think about it and they do it. They think about it and they do it and they forget about their heart center. So that's just like a pattern for them anyway. So they skip that feeling and desire space. But with you and your GPS, what I'm really hearing is there's also a part of this we haven't talked about your person, like when do you become an Enneagram seven, right? Like, is it when you're born? Mm. Is it later in life? Like, how does this happen? So can I go up to infant Stephanie and say, what are your core desires and fears? Cannot do that. Mm -hmm. So we will never know what I choose to decide because that's literally how you find your type. So we can't go into an infant and decide that. Mm -hmm. I personally know that each of my children were different than each other in the womb. One was more sort of aggressive and more calm. Absolutely. I think you're born your type. And then that's the lens you're viewing the world with and things get reinforced, right? So we have Mm -hmm. these lost childhood messages and these unconscious childhood messages that kind of guide our thinking unconsciously throughout our life. That it's a story, another story that we're telling ourselves. And for the type seven, it's not okay to depend on anyone for anything. Mm, God, it's not okay to depend on anyone for anything. You'll receive the love, intention, and affirmation you you seek when you find and bring happiness to yourself and everyone around you. You are good and okay if you are getting what you want. Pretty spot on. Now, why did I think about that when you're talking about the GPS? Because to me, the GPS is trying to tell you where to go. And you have this inner message of, it's not okay to depend on anyone for anything. I'm not going to depend on this thing. (laughs) I want to be able to know where I'm going. So to me, that's what I heard in that story was like, I'm not going to depend on this GPS. I'm going to decide where I'm going. You know, I want to go this way or whatever kind of thing. And that is a deeply ingrained (laughs) unconscious message that is just unique to the sevens. And so they need to learn that it's okay when I'm not getting what I want. I can depend on others. And in fact, I should. And that's what you were saying is, hey, I'm not the expert here. I don't know everything. Mm-hmm. Other people do know things. I can accept help. Yes. There it is. Yes, there it is. <laughs> there it is. And that, my friend, is why I needed to talk to you. I Hello. said, we need to know more. We need to get, get this girl on. We can go on and on. I definitely want to be very respectful about your time. And perhaps we will continue because I am going to delve into all things uh, Chelsea and Elite Enneagram coaching and will identify what I am and talk more about it. Talk about the whole discovery. We've got some more things we've got to get to. Yeah. Where do we hang out? Where are we going to find you on the website or step one? Because I'm sure other people out there also want to know, okay, they got me. I, I drank the Kool-Aid and now I want to <laughs> know Here it is. More. I know. So okay, here it is. People are like, is this a cult? And I'm like, if it is. No, really yes, like it, it is. Drink the cult. Kool-Aid and keep going. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Because it helps you be a healthier version of yourself. So I guess it is. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I, so elite Enneagram coaching is my website is my, Mm -hmm. where I'm most active is usually on Instagram is where I'm uploading Mm -hmm. the most uh, content for you to interact with as a two. I just love to have emails pop in my inbox, you know, Chelsea Ingle at elite Enneagram coaching.com. If you're having a hard time choosing what services you might want to start with, like I said, I have that test that's going to help you get started with things and um, at least get an idea my typing sessions, you can get 20% off if you put in the code 20 off. And that makes them around $100 for an hour mm-hmm. of just um, really getting to know yourself and, you know, starting to 
understand what this all means about you, how you can utilize it and get started on your journey with clarity and confidence. So you're not sifting through all the types wondering (laughs) which one am I, but what about this? And what about that? You can just have more confidence in, in starting your journey off. So that would be what I would recommend. Hit me up. I'd love to talk to yeah. you. Remember. All right. So A, everybody, you're welcome. Because like I said, when I start to sing, it's exciting. And I'm actually a contained curious. I'm like so interested to see and to delve in more. And I'm going to learn. I'm going to do. I'm going to follow. She's going to do a typing session. And then we're going to report back because she got things pretty damn spot on. And quite honestly, sometimes I don't like when people get me right. Mm -hmm. Like I try to keep a little, what I think is, and I don't know why, I don't know why I do this. Maybe it's a seven, a little protective shield up. Like, wait a minute. How did they see inside of that? I can keep you at a distance and still, and still like engaged said, with the trust thing. It's hard. Um, we, uh, I can tell you why we'll talk about it in your session so that you don't okay. feel too exposed. <laughs> oh no, it's at this point it's all, but yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. more to come on that. And yeah. so comments, comments, comments. I know we're going to get them. Joyfoundhere.com is the website. Oh my God. Five-star rating for this fabulous episode. Of course, I'd love to also see a review. These numbers, they say it's important, you know, but uh, we'd love to just really get your whole feedback on it. And so appreciate you guys taking the time and check her out. Chelsea Angle, the real deal here, guys. (laughs) And until next week, be well. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already done so, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to head over to joyfoundhere.com for any questions, comments, and feedback. Until next week, keep your head up and your crown straight. You've got this.